Trash Camp presents the United States Postal Service Boot Camp. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You've enlisted in the U.S. P.S. And we don't have any B.S. You hear what I'm saying? So those earrings, gone. All those things that you've been having, your worldly possession, gone. Your behind now belongs to the USPS. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Sir, yes, sir. You're going to learn how to take the mail. You're going to learn how to dodge the dogs. You're going to learn how to work in rain, because that's who we are. Have you heard the motto? Sir, yes, sir. Rain, sleet, none of it. None of it's going to stop us. It's not going to stop you, is it, Pipsqueak? Sir, no, sir. I don't know. You look pretty soft to me. You look like a bag of bones. That's all you look like. Are you sure you're not going to blow away in the first big wind, huh? Sir, no, sir. I don't know. I don't know. You and your buddy here, he looks like, oh, man, he looks like he could be, I don't know, he looks like he could be the oil slick on I-15. What's your name? Sir, Leonard, sir. Oh, man, you don't even know your name. You don't even know your name. What makes you think that you could take mail? Sir, because my dad was a USPS worker, sir. Oh, so your dad was in here. Oh, look, everyone. We have a legacy USPSer. You think that's going to get you somewhere? Sir, no, sir. Is he the Postmaster General? Sir, yes, sir. Oh, well, carry on then. What about you? What's your name? Sir, Tom, sir. Oh, Tom. Tom from where? Tom from Missouri, sir. Tom from Missouri. Well, I'll tell you this much. What you should aspire to be, Tom from Missouri, is you should be this guy's dad, the Postmaster General. It's the highest position you can get. I'm just telling you right now. All of you look like you might flunk. So let's get day one started. Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. We're on episode number niner and season three. We've almost hit double digits in season three. Time's moving fast. I, I, I like it, but I don't like it, man. I don't know. It's going a little too quick. Tell me what you think. Yeah, next thing you know, you'll be in season four. I feel like season three, it's always like, that's when you really start delving into the story, right? Like season one, you got the intro. Season two, it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're kind of continuing from season one. But season three is when you get start doing the deep dive. You know who the real OGs are, and we're thankful that all you guys have stuck with us A1 since day one. Yeah, we'll remember all you guys, especially want to start out with the international guys. Everybody overseas, over in Germany, you guys have been fantastic. Brussels, Belgium, uh, over into Australia, you guys have been really heating up as well. Over in Singapore as well. And um, we've had some good hits over in Russia, even South America now. You know, we got some uh, folks down in South America. Where else we got folks here in the United States? Definitely Virginia, um, Florida, and the Northeast has been a big one. Kind of the Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., Maryland area. Uh, The Midwest has still been going strong. Kansas, Nebraska, of course, Michigan, um, Iowa, Florida, Georgia, Texas, California. Uh, Seattle, Washington, and if I didn't shout your state out, I'm sorry. I apologize. There's a lot of them, and we got a lot of listeners, so it is what it is, but we appreciate every one of you guys. Yes, we do. We appreciate every one of you. We thank you for viewers like you. Thank you. Uh, anyways, all right, man. Well, are you ready to go into our first segment, which is the old-fashioned donut or a story from our past? Today, we're going to learn a little bit more about Chris, actually, 
And uh, one of his crappy jobs that he's had. We've all had crappy jobs, right? Well, Chris, what crappy job did you have, and how did you overcome that crappy job? Well, you guys have heard um, this story about how I used to work for Chuck E. Cheese, and I actually was um, talking about that earlier this week, and I was like, yes, I used to work for Charles Entertainment Cheese. And everyone just started laughing. They were like, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was like, that's really his name. It's in the handbook. They were like, really? And I was like, yes, I'm not making that up. They were like, oh, it was still funny, though. I think it was the delivery, and I was like, okay, I'm not talking about Chuck E. Cheese because I've talked about it a good bit, but I'm going to talk about the first job that I got when I came to Texas, and I was at that job. Honestly, it was probably just for a summer. I I think it's the least amount of time that I spent at a job. I think I only stayed there for four months. Yeah, it was four months. I started in June, and I left in September, and it was my first uh, job in the restaurant business. I had never worked fast food. Originally, I was um, I had gotten a job at Wendy's, and then my dad got me a, a grocery store job at the store that he worked at because he did not want me working in fast food. Um, but this was different. This and was a- let's pause uh, that Wendy's was also quite the sketchy, and it was going to be for the um, the late shift too. So let's let's add that on there too. So uh, I got my job at this place called the Egg and I. They they are still there, but the name has changed. Um, And it was a franchise restaurant, and this place was a breakfast place. So they were only open from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I started out as a busboy. Now, being a busboy, that's really not that hard, to be honest with you. You just, you know, bust the tables, clean them off. You know, you just got to keep up with uh, cleaning tables. And then I remember the dishwasher was very lazy. So sometimes, you know, you had to help wash dishes, but you always had to, like, fill the rack. Um, and get the rack prep so that he could just run the dishes through the dishwasher. Um, and so that's that's where I started out. But um, I think I worked too hard and too good. And they were like, we see potential in you. We're going to move you up to waiter. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, yeah, and I would come home, and it was good because I would get paid in tips. I enjoyed that very much. And I remember coming home uh, and, you know, it was whenever we first moved to Texas and me and Micah shared a room. And I remember I'd come in every day with like wads of cash and Micah would just be like, bro, like, what are you doing? Yeah. I was just like, dang. Cause he would come in and um, like, even on slow days, it was still probably over 80 to a hundred bucks. Right. Like even on a slow day. But I remember there was one day, I think it was um, a Saturday, like a holiday Saturday or something. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was July 4th. I don't remember what it was for. But you came home and it was like four or 500 bucks in cash. It was like, God. Yeah, and I was still looking for a job at the time. This is before I got the job at Boot Corral. So watching him come home with all that cash, it was like, dang, man, I want some of that cash. It probably wasn't the best because um, there's a line in Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, where Uncle Rico says, while you're out there playing pat cake with your friend Pedro, your Uncle Rico making 120 bucks. And <laughs> Dude, I would always that say that. Almost would... every day. <laughs> yep, yep. Because Michael would just be chilling. Like, it was the summer. I think you had, I don't think football workouts had started yet, so you were just, like, chilling, like, playing video games. Um, and I would always be like, while you're over here on your Xbox, your Uncle Rico making 120 bucks. And I would always, like, wave the water cash in his face. Um, it was nice to pay in cash like i enjoyed carrying cash on me all the time like i still enjoy carrying cash 
on me. I just feel like, I don't know, there's something about paying with cash that just, I don't know, maybe it's different for me. I don't know. It also makes you feel, uh, it also helps me be more responsible. Like, it's easy to swipe a card, but uh, when you look how much cash is coming out, it hurts. You're like, ooh, that hurts. That hurts. I don't know if I want to spend too much more. Again, it was, it was. I definitely had some embarrassing moments. I think I've told you guys about this on the po- podcast, but I, um, it was, I think it was, close to a holiday weekend and it was like kind of around lunchtime and I accidentally knocked uh, this lady's glass of orange juice over and it spilled on her white pants and oh boy um, yeah I felt so bad about that I did not enjoy it because of course on the weekends it would get really busy and so you'd be getting like triple sat um, like because the hostesses wouldn't do their job so they would just sit you one table after another and which they weren't supposed to do that but um, so then you had to keep up with it and it was just a lot, but I remember my, I had a signature. Do you remember what, like what my signature thing was that I did while I was a waiter? I don't remind, remind me. I don't. So I would always write Bible verses on their receipt. That's right. On the <laughs> receipt. That is right. I do remember that. And now. I, uh, and I remember the owner calling me in one day and was like, you're writing Bible, uh, you're writing Bible verses on receipts. And I was like, yeah. And she was just like, keep it up. Good job. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool deal. I thought I was um, about to get but, reprimanded, but okay. Yeah, it, it was crazy because uh, you got to experience, like, the stuff, like, the drama that happened in the kitchen. Um, apparently, uh, there was there was beef between this one kitchen dude. Oh, I remember this. Dude. I remember you telling me this because, like, I came and ate there, I think, that morning. Like, that same morning or something happened. And anyways, go ahead. Yeah, it was wild. So, um... One of them was a line cook, and one of them was like a like he was kind of uh like on the grill and everything. But he was dating one of the girls, um, that was there, and so or sorry, the guy that was working on the grill was, and I guess the line cook guy had like said something sideways to that girl, and like the the grill guy was off, but I guess the girlfriend had texted him, and he came up to like the restaurant like while they were working and stuff um and he just like decked that guy in the face and like they had a fight in the kitchen and it got so bad that like he had backed the guy up and like the the line cook guy accidentally put his um hand on the like on the stove because like he was trying to like catch his balance and he like burned his hand pretty good but um what's crazy is the the manager of the the restaurant like he had a big heart for like employing ex-cons and stuff and like he really wanted to help give them a job and help them kind of get back into society and so we had a lot of ex-cons working back there as you do in any restaurant but um yeah it was wild you saw a lot of stuff there um dude i hated it because um what i hated too was that we would have to share our tips with the hostess yeah and, and especially I didn't when like they're doing their jobs man especially when they're not doing their job and i remember they started implementing a thing on saturdays it was called expoing so like there's one person that's like at the uh plate place where they serve the food and they're like checking it for quality making sure that all the ingredients are on there making sure that orders go out together and i remember we all had to be like on a rotation so like one saturday like a month or something um we had to we had to uh do the expoing but we would get like a share of the tips from the servers but i don't know i made pretty good friends there um 
it was it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Again, I did I tell this I have I told the story on the podcast about Ken Paxton's little campaign brunch? I don't think you have, no. There was this guy that was running for was it was it Attorney General of Texas? Was that the because he got elected? What was his position? Um, I believe it was Attorney General, yeah. So he was the Attorney General running for Attorney General of Texas, um, and his name was Ken Paxton, and the guy's in uh like he got removed from office and i think he's like facing some criminal charges or he's in jail i don't know yeah he's he's a straight up criminal he's he's not a great guy anyways yeah so um i even before i knew who this guy was like i had a personal beef with him because he had a camp campaign breakfast um at the egg and i and he like had all these people come in and it was me and one other person that were like serving and I'm tell I'm talking about like twenty five to like thirty five people. It's just two people, and so we're like serving them, getting their breakfast, all that stuff. And I guess there was some kind of miscommunication because the people that were there were under the impression that the breakfast was already paid for, or it was going to be paid for by the campaign people. But then the campaign people were like, "No, we're not covering their breakfast," and everybody like skipped out. And, like, we had to comp a good bit of it because, like, nobody paid for it. And we only got tipped uh, $8 between the two of us. So we got tipped uh, $4 a piece for working all that time. Um, dude, it was it was horrible. So I vowed in my heart that I would never vote for Ken Paxton because— Yeah, and my thing is, dude, if I remember correctly, it was— I, it's not a big restaurant, so they basically shut the place down for that time. Oh yeah, they did for sure. Crazy stuff, man. Well, I'm, I bet you're glad you're not having to work no, there I'm anymore. No, it was nice because I would be off by like two or two thirty, um, and so I could have the rest of my day to do like whatever. So I'd go home, take a nap, and then I had the evenings free, and so that was like pretty cool. Um, but then I was like, I don't know. I think it's because Mike got the job at uh, Boot Corral, and I was like, man, I want a job at Boot Corral. That's so cool. Um, and so I kept like begging and begging and begging for the job. Like I would call, like to the point where I was annoying, um, and I would call like every week after my application. And so I actually got a job um, at Toys R Us. Like I applied and I had gotten a job at Toys R Us um, to work there, and um, then I was going to take it, and then the same day, uh, the, guy, the manager from Boot Corral called me and was like, hey, we'll offer you a job. Crazy stuff. One of these other days, I should talk about how I got hired out at Boot Corral and what happened there. I mean, it's kind of a short story, but um, we'll move on to our next segment, which is the Jelly Donut. Or today, it's going to be Tie Your Shoes Because You're Tripping. So, Chris... What you got for us? Tie your shoes because you're tripping. These stories are about worst first dates or how people got caught cheating. So um, there's always great stories on the internet. You got to love it. So uh, we say tie your shoes because you're tripping because either one people or, or sorry, one person or both people were uh, acting a fool. Uh, so you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, these first three are about bad first dates. Um, so uh, this lady says that for her first date, she went over to this guy's place to watch a movie. And she says that as we were making out, he reached over and gave me a wedgie, not once, but three times. The girl left before the movie was over. 
on a different first date. <laughs> what? So he just he just decided, whoop, I'm gonna pull them up. I don't know what it was, bro. I, maybe it was unintentional. Maybe it was. I don't know. You gotta. Uh, yeah, we need more context to know. But at the same time, it's like, or did he have some like weird fetish? I don't know. Maybe he was like, I was bullied in, in middle school, so now is my chance to give somebody. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who who knows, man? Who knows? People are crazy. And then she she also said on a different first date, uh, the guy she was went out with. We're at, they were at a restaurant, and the conversation was going well until the guy said, yeah, I don't really believe in happiness. It just all seems fake to me, and it was like. All right, so I'm going to just say this right now. I don't know much about this young lady's dating life. We've only heard two instances, but she might want to pick her man better. Anyways, uh, I'm just saying that because it sounds like she'd be picking some that are uh, kind of out there. Anyways. Exactly. All right, this one um, is about somebody's Tinderella. Have you ever heard of the, what they're called, Tinderellas? Yeah, yeah, I heard. I've heard. You know, you're always going to find a great person on Tinder. I don't know. I've heard a couple people said that they got married because they met on Tinder, you know. I met somebody. There's um, um, people I used to work with. They were a couple, and they met on Tinder, and they ended up getting married. So I guess it does happen. Um, so this person met up with a guy from Tinder at a brewery. And uh, the guy was already clearly intoxicated. Um, he showed up on a street bike with a broken leg and a full cast. Um, the lady asked what happened, and he told me that his baby mama ran it over after he bashed all the windows out of her car because she was cheating. Uh, and he, she said that she left 10 seconds later. Well, I mean, I can only imagine homie pulls up there and, you know, broken leg. He's already clearly intoxicated, been driving. You know, a street bike, which is basically a crotch rocket, and gets there and is like, yeah, you know, I broke it because I was, you know, and tells her the story. I'd be out of there too. Be like, all right, this dude's clearly, yeah, I don't want no part of that. Wow. This one was a, um, so this was in the days of MySpace. Um, you gotta love MySpace. Oh, good old MySpace. For those yeah. of you that are younger than 30, or uh, actually 28, you probably won't remember MySpace. Um, but MySpace was the OG. This person said, uh, so there was a feature where you were able to put, like, quizzes on MySpace. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Or even surveys or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so this one guy was looking at his girlfriend's profile, and she had a quiz question on her profile. And the quiz question was, who was the last person you kissed or was intimate with? And the person that she listed was not his name. So they were together. And he found out through MySpace uh, that she was cheating on him. Yep, through through a MySpace quiz. That's that's great. I remember you could find out a whole bunch of stuff from these, like, MySpace quiz questions or, like, surveys. You'd go through there, and they'd be having some pretty, like, risque questions, and people would be answering them. I remember that. Like, I'll tell you what the equivalent of that is now, and it's like, I know that there's features to it, but we were actually talking about this. Venmo, you can tell out a whole lot about somebody from their Venmo, bro. Like, they got too many details on there. I'm like, I, I, I ain't trying to see what everybody's seeing why I sent money for. Like, come on now. Like, and who and why, and I mean, it lists And what day, up. and it's like, bro, Venmo be wild. I wouldn't be surprised there was a few people It's like, oh, yeah, I found out my girl was cheating on me. But, like, we talked about that, too. But, oh, yeah, my girl was cheating on me or something like that. Good found out because of Venmo. Yeah, th there actually was a person that found that out because she saw the number, I guess, on his phone. And she tried putting it on Facebook and nothing popped up. And then she put it in Venmo. And so then 
uh, Venmo brought the name up, so then she was able to put the name in Facebook and then found out who it was. Oh, I do remember that. I do remember that story. Yeah, didn't I think that was on another jail report we did. All right, this uh this next one. Um this guy had a first date with a girl who told him, "Actually, I'm engaged, but I'm not 100% sure if uh my fiance is the right one. So I'm going to go out on a few dates to see if I change my mind." And he had got the check. Whoa, whoa, and... whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. So Pretty much, it's like you know, he uh, he proposed to me. I said, "Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure." So I figured I'd, I'd take a few dates and see if I'm just certain. That that story. Yep, that is the story. Man, people are wild. I'll just put it to you this way: if 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 somebody's asking you the question, I know in a lot of situations we put, especially females, into a lot of pressure situation. Like, uh, you know, getting down on one knee in front of a whole arena. Like, I understand why you have to say yes in that moment. But for the most part, girl, you ain't got to say yes. Like, if it, you're talking about, but, you know, that gets into a whole nother thing. It ain't what fries my donuts. But the sanctity of marriage just isn't. It ain't what fries my donuts. This next one, you will really appreciate this one. Um, On, how do you say it? Qatar? Qatar? How do you say it? Qatar. Qatar, yeah, mm-hmm. Qatar, the country. Yep. Yeah. So on Qatar Airways flight from Qatar to Bali, Indonesia, a woman accessed her husband's phone and discovered that the man was cheating on her. She reportedly used her husband's own fingerprint while he was sleeping, um, and the the article also reported that the woman was inebriated and caused an outburst when she discovered her husband's infidelity. She caused such a scene... Um, that the plane had to make an emergency landing in Chennai, India, and the entire family, including the husband and their child, were kicked off the flight. And after the family was removed, the flight resumed its course to, to Bali. Man, oh man. You know, I tell you what, there's a lot of outbursts and crazy things that happen on planes. I don't I don't know what it is, man. I'll, I feel bad for those flight attendants because, think about it, they're the ones that got to deal with that directly. They ain't paid enough to be referees. <laughs> and I haven't said this the whole time, but tie your shoes because you tripping. Yeah, why haven't we said that? Tie your shoes because you tripping. How in the world? Like, my thing is, you better wait until you get off a plane. I've never understood why people want to cause problems on a plane. Or, you know, you understand that you're going from one place to another that's got a bunch of basically a private army on both sides, right? Like, and especially if you go into the United States, in this case, they're going to Singapore. But every security, you know, you know that you're going to have to go through immigration and all this other crap. If you've been causing problems, they'll just take you off and take you to jail. No problem. You know, I mean, I don't I don't understand why people want to cause problems. All right, this like next that. one involves uh, someone from the military. What? I thought military people were so faithful. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were perfect. All right, so this guy, he was in the military. He came home off of, de- off of a deployment. He had been gone for a year. Um, and he noticed that his ex-wife was acting weird. Um, he said about three days after he returned, he had a notice from his unit stating that his vehicle had had three like uh, tickets, like violations, at another base um, that was a few hours away in the past few months. When he went in to find out what the deal was, why he had the tickets, all three of the tickets had photos attached to them for speeding through a checkpoint. All three were of his wife and some other guy. And in the third picture, um, she was kissing him, and the guy was driving uh, that guy's car. So the other guy was driving the military guy's car. So he was... Yeah, I can imagine so. And another case for Jag there. Um, 
Yeah, apparently it's really easy to get divorced in the military. Uh, so very quick process if you go through JAG. Anyways, that's crazy, man. Uh, one one last one. This one I appreciate uh, very much. I I very much appreciated this story. Um, so this girl, uh, her and her boyfriend went to mass together, and her boyfriend starts crying during mass, and he just ran out. Um, so they were attending mass to become parishioners so that they would be able to get married at that specific church. And mass only had 10 minutes left. So she stayed the last 10 minutes to give him time to collect himself. When she met him in the car, he told, he told her that he had been seeing someone else for the last two years and was cheating on her. Um, and they had been, get, been together for like six years. So the last two years of their marriage or their relationship, he was cheating. And he said that he felt so convicted and so guilty when he was in church that he had to tell her and he had to be honest. So my man got convicted by the Holy Spirit during mass and he had to t he had to tell his girlfriend that he was cheating on her. At least he did, you know, the right thing by admitting it. What he did was wrong, but That's hard to do. That's hard to do. Mad props to him, but I'll tell you this much. Were they still together after that? Uh probably not. I mean, like it was a two, it was like a two, whole two-year relationship. I'm sure if it would have been like a Maybe a one night deal. Uh, a few, they probably could have got, or even a few it. weeks yeah. or something like they that. They probably could have got through it. I don't know. Maybe they did get through it. Maybe she was forgiving. I don't know what their life was like. But all right, man, are you ready to move into the donut hole? Yeah, man, let's do it. So next segment is the donut hole, or whatever the heck we feel like talking about, or quizzing about, or whatever. So Chris, what you got, man? Oh, I got a quiz for you, and you're gonna very much enjoy this quiz. It is about the right. it is about the TV show Gunsmoke. Oh, okay. Micah is a self-proclaimed Gunsmoke aficionado. I feel like I feel like he. I don't know about all that. I now. feel like you've seen a lot of Gunsmoke. Okay, I have seen a lot of Gunsmoke, but like I feel like okay, who who knows? We'll we'll see how how we are when we get. Through. If you don't know what Gunsmoke is, Gunsmoke is a uh, it aired in like the fifties. It's a western show about a marshal. And uh, and their antics and all that good stuff, and uh, you know it's it's one of those shows that your grandpa watches, but Micah finds that to be a comfort show for him. Yeah, I'm a grandpa at heart. I don't I don't know what to say. Uh, did you know it actually was on the air for like 20 years? So it started in the 50s and ended in the 70s. I mean, shoot, uh, the guy who played Matt Dillon had gray hair by the time it was over. With. Good stuff. Are you ready for the quiz? We'll see how well you know your gun smoke. Yeah. Yeah, let's see it. Which yeah. movie star was originally offered the lead role of Marshal Matt Dillon? A. Dean Martin, B. Clint Eastwood, C. John Wayne, or D. Michael Landon? Wasn't it? Wasn't it John Wayne? Didn't they want him to play it initially? Yes, that is correct. And he did the intro on the first episode or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen that one. I don't know if I've seen the first episode. To be honest with you, I'll be. I'll. I'll say this, all of the gun smoke that I've seen has been whatever reruns were on TV. So, just a lot of TV watch. In what year did Gunsmoke first air on TV? A, 1950, B, 1955, C, 1957, or D, 1959? Kansas City, Carson City, Virginia City, or Dodge City? Oh, man, I think it's Virginia City. No, I'm joking. 
It's Dodge City, Kansas. Good old Virginia City. Wasn't that um, Bonanza? Yeah, that's the other TV Western. That's the other TV Western. Um, anyways, we talked about this too. Have you noticed nobody likes the, the, the Cartwrights in Bonanza? Anyways, we can talk about that later. What was the Doc's name in Gunsmoke? Doc Holiday, Doc Adams, Doc House, or Doc Williams? Doc Adams was his name. And he was kind of a jerk, man. He would, he would be making fun of people. Uh, how many years did Gunsmoke air on TV? I think you kind of said it earlier. A, 10 years, B, 15 years, C, 20 years, or D, 25? I'm going to say 20. Yep, it went from 1955 to 1975. That's wild. It's like one of the longest-running shows ever on TV TV shows ever, yeah, it's it, it's pretty crazy to think about. And the characters stayed mostly the same, like Matt Dillon was the same, the person who played Kitty, who was the local saloon. You know, a lot of the characters stayed the same, didn't change All right. too much. Um, apparently there is a character in there called Chester, is that right? Is there a character named Chester in there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you remember, so you remember Festus, right? Like the, yeah, the wait, sheriff sidekick. Don't say anything, because I'm asking you a okay, question yeah, about okay, Chester. Right. What was true about Chester? He was divorced. He had one eye. He was also the Undertaker, or he walked with a limp. Oh, he walked with a limp. I'm pretty sure. That is correct. Yeah, he was. He was kind of bow-legged, and he was like, if you haven't seen the show, which I'm sure most people actually haven't. So it's like a sheriff. And his sheriff's deputy, and I don't know why, but all the shows at the time, including like Andy Griffith, where there was sheriffs and sheriff's deputy, the deputy was always kind of stupid or kind of came across stupid. And so Chester and Festus were kind of, they were good at what they did, but they came across really dumb. They were the comedic relief. Is that what it was? Yeah, I guess they were the comedic relief, but then sometimes they would also get them into uh, predicaments, and it's just like, dang it! <laughs> it's like, if you weren't an idiot, we wouldn't have been in this. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, number seven. Besides being a deputy, what other job does Newly O'Brien have? A. Gunsmith, B. Blacksmith, C. Undertaker, or D. Bank? He was the gunsmith. That is correct. Dang, bro, you really know your gunsmoke. Okay, you got three more left. <laughs> Apparently, I do. What was the name of the saloon? A. Salty Star, B, Dusty Dirt, C, Long Branch, or D, Boot Hill? It was Long Branch. The Long Branch. Which place is actually never seen in Gunsmoke? The hotel, the jail, the barber shop, or the haberdashery? Ooh, that's a good question. You said it was... Go through the options again? The hotel, the jail, the barber shop, or the haberdashery? They showed the hotel before. I guess the haberdashery? Yeah! You be doing that haberdashery! You be doing the haberdashery, huh? <laughs> Hey, good old Cavazos. All right, last one. Let's see if you can go 10 for 10. Perfect score. No pressure. What was what was Chester's brother's name? A, Magnus, Ooh. B, Marshall, C, Matt, or D, Ben? Wasn't it Ben? Ben was Chester's brother? Uh, it's actually Magnus. I don't know where I got Ben from. But, hey, uh, 9 for 10 is pretty good. Um, I'll take a one-off of not knowing who Chester's brother is. He was a very short character, actually. Like, he was only on for a few years, and then it was Festus. Well, for, like, most long. of the um, trivia quizzes I looked at, that was, like, one of the questions on every one was, like, what was Chester's brother's name? And it was like, oh, Magnus. I actually know a kid named Magnus. So uh, maybe he was named after the show. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, great quiz. Uh, I didn't know I knew that much. It's one of those shows to where you watch it a ton, or I've watched it a ton, but, like, you're like, ooh, if I had to answer quivi trivia, I don't know. But 
yeah, actually, that wasn't that wasn't too. I'm bad. gonna I'm gonna put you on blast. Do you want to tell them about the story about when we traveled to Dallas and we watched Gunsmoke in the hotel? Do you want to tell them about that? Sure. So we were sitting there in a hotel in Arlington, and uh, we were flipping through the the TV, and I think we got to what like TV Land or something where they be showing westerns during the daytime. And this was during the week, so it was just kind of daytime television, and it was the intro. And if you've ever seen Gunsmoke, it's literally, you see Matt Dillon, the sheriff, from behind, like you see his back and everything, and he's in a standoff and he shoots the guy that it shows him. And I remember Chris asking, like, wait, what is this? And I was just like, oh, it's Gunsmoke. I could tell that's Matt Dillon's ass anywhere. And he just turned to me real slow and he goes, that was the gayest thing I think you've ever said to me. And I realized, yeah, that probably was the gayest thing I've ever said to him. It was a funny moment. <laughs> And you were like, you were like, all, all the things I've said, you were like, that one's the gayest that I've ever said to you. And I was like, yep, that is the gayest thing you've ever said to me. It was funny. Uh, it was a funny moment. I laughed. Um, good stuff, man. Yeah, you really know your Gunsmoke again. Um, it's Gunsmoke's one of those shows that you can just put on the background. It is a little slow, but like, I mean, the stories are pretty good. I mean, it's classic American television. When it's on TV, it's about an hour long episode a piece. So it's. I mean, they're full on stories. I mean, like developing stories for a while. So, and anyways, they have some good storylines. I mean, but, and then there's some of them that are just kind of. For sure. All right, man. Well, we're going to move into our next segment, which is what fries my donuts? <laughs> what fries your donuts, buddy? Man, this is incredibly specific and it's really not going to be much of a segment. It's more of a, more of a statement. I cannot stand people pointing out when you're sleeping or when you're dozing off. Like, why do people do that? Like, I'm tired. I got stuff going on. But I don't know. It's almost like, I don't know about you, Chris, but it's almost like an embarrassment thing. And so many times I'll be sitting there half asleep in my chair or something, and you'll be around family or, you know, somebody that'll be like, oh, look at him. He's half asleep. And you can hear them talking about you, and you're going, why in the heck are you pointing this out? We all sleep. We sleep every night, sometimes during the day, like I'm doing right now. It's a normal bodily function. Like, I'm tired. I don't understand why people like to point that out or be like, oh, look, he's sleeping. He must be tired. Like, it becomes like a topic of conversation. Have you noticed that, Chris? Yeah, I uh, I have noticed that um, for sure. I do think that maybe um, it used to be, like, considered rude that if you would, like, fall asleep on somebody. And I think that's where the tradition, like, comes from. But at the same time, too, I hate when people do that or when people talk about how you're, like, either not not eating or, like, like look at him. He didn't eat anything. He hardly ate anything. It's like, maybe I was just too tired to eat or maybe it's just like, you know what? Like, I'm not hungry. Maybe I'm just not feeling it. Maybe your cooking's awful, Cheryl. <laughs> maybe I don't even want to be here right now. Nah, it just... I don't know. It just kind of aggravates me because um, I feel like on a funnier note, even the older generation, and maybe this is where it comes from primarily, but even members of the older generation, it was such like a shameful thing to where if you catch them sleeping, like I remember a certain grandfather of mine who would be like, you know, he'd say, oh, you fell asleep. No, 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 I did. No, I did. And it was like a fight. It was always like, no, I just had my eyes shut. And they'll try to convince you and convince you like, no, I wasn't sleeping. Like, honestly, what's wrong with you sleeping right now? Like, nothing's going on. You're in your chair. Who the heck cares, right? I don't know. It's almost like a point of shame. I don't know. Yep. I'm like, nope. Just rest in my eyes. Yeah, I don't know. It just... That's what I always yeah, say. Yeah, that's what a lot of people's... For me, I don't know. It just, it's just agitating because you're trying to rest. 
And it's like, there's a lot of people that are, you know, taking notice. And I feel like it should be one of those things that just kind of drifts off into the background. So you can, you can take your nap without everybody talking. Yeah. I feel like it should be a thing or, but I do feel like bad whenever you are like entertaining or you're like going to visit family and you, I feel bad for taking a nap. Cause I'm like, well, I need to be with them, spend time with them, you know? And it's like, no, nah, like you could go take a nap. Like it's okay. Like, Ain't nobody going to think anything less of you. But, yeah, that's what fries my donuts. Like I said, it's incredibly specific, but there you go. Oh, yeah, buddy. Well, we are going to move into our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. And, Michael, what do we got uh, on the segment today? So, we have kind of a mix. Remember, for those OGs who've been with us for a long time, when we did improv, sometimes we would pull out um, scenarios or accents from a hat. And then we kind of went to the improviser. Well, we're going to kind of do a mixture of both where we're going to pull an accent from the hat and then we are going to have the randomizer give us an action or a scene or a situation. So, Chris, are you ready to do that? Yeah, I missed the hat. All right, so I'm going to let you pull the accent from the hat. So, go ahead. Let me see. Let me get it all mixed up there pretty good. Oh, I feel like we haven't done this one in a while. A country accent. Oh, man. Perfect. All right. And then let's see what the randomizer has to say when it comes to... <laughs> um, it's kind of specific, but we can we can make this work. Restarting a computer, or I guess working on a computer. Oh, okay. That works. You want to start or you want me to start? I can, I can start. I can start. What the heck's wrong with this dang thing? I come in here, next thing you know... I'm, it's it blue screening on me. It said, uh-oh, we ran into a problem. Yep, yep, Jimmy Bob, I tried calling them IT guys to help me when I said, hey, my screen's black. They told me something about pushing a button or something. I said, well, what the heck do I pay you for? Can't you just log on to your little computer on your end and turn it on for me? What the heck am I calling you for? Well, and my question is, they, you know, I couldn't understand what they were saying. You know, I just wanted to say, listen here, Sanjay Gupta. You're going to tell me with your Dr. Powers and your skills how to do this. And you're going to win your magic IT wand and it's going to be done. You understand what I'm telling you? I paid too much money for this machine and I need it to turn on because I got certain things I got to well, do. Well, this is the problem with America right here. Unless you can fix it with WD-40 and some duct tape, it ain't worth a thing, my friend. That's why we get all this stuff from China. I'm telling you, American made. American made. We don't We don't even need computers. Computers are dead. I'm telling you, we need to go back to the old ways where we're just tilling the tilling the ground by hand. We don't need this technology stuff. It just breaks down on Amen. Amen. Whatever happened to pen and paper? We used to do things pen and paper all the time. Now we can't even do that. We can't even pen and paper. People don't even know how to write. You know, you know Jimmy Bullet out the road? He was talking to me about school. You know, they don't even teach them how to write cursing no yep, more. That's the problem with America. You know what? We'd have a lot more patriots if people learned how to write and curse. I said, hey, you know what? We don't even need this technology stuff. When am I going to need stuff on an iPad? When am I going to need to pay my bills online? You know what? I don't even like it that way. I would like to give them a check down at the at the water plant so that they know. Cheryl knows me up front. She already knows. We are, she already knows. Billy Bob, you came in. You paid your check on Friday. Now it's Monday, and they call me, and they tell me that they ain't got my payment. Nope. 
She knows Cheryl's there. See, that's what I'm saying. If you go down to Power Company, I used to talk to Billie Jean over there, and she knew me. Then I go down to Cheryl, just like you're talking about. Then I went over down to the lumber store, and you know, in the feedlot, and they just they know where to expect me. And then I start showing up, and it says we don't take checks. You gotta pay online. What do you mean I gotta pay online? Who am I gonna hit on while I'm there delivering my check? I can't flirt with a computer, especially one that ain't turning on. Yep. Then my, then my genius of a son, he says to me, Dad, he says, you need to learn how to take typing class. I said, boy, I've been working with my my hands my whole life. I don't need no typing classes. I got two pointer fingers right here. I'll let my pointer fingers do the work right there. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. I don't need no typing. No typing class. I know how to type. Try to tell me I don't know how to need to take typing class. Boy, what you need to do is take a take a class in manners. Because, boy, I'm about to whoop Here, you. I'll tell you this much. I'll be honest with you, Billy Bob. That boy of yours, he always been soft. He needs class on how to be a man. Straight up. He's still living in your house. He's, what, 25? That boy need, that boy needs to be straightened up. Like, and then he's going to come in here and say, you need type class? Oh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, that's problems. i tell you this. You didn't hear this from me. But I got a paternity test, and that boy ain't mine. So I knew, I knew as soon as he mouthed off him, I said, yep, that ain't my son. That ain't my boy. I can stop playing child support, but I do it out of kindness in my heart. Like good Lord tell him. You know what? That makes total sense. Whenever I saw that boy for the first time, you said, that's my son. I said, there's too much sissy in there to be Billy Bob's son. That's what I said in my mind, but I ain't gonna be me. But it makes sense, it makes sense. Well, Jimmy Dean, I, I'm gonna figure out this computer stuff later. My, my, my wife, she got us a reservation at Crack Bell. We're late, I don't wanna miss, I don't wanna miss the chicken and dumplings tonight. I'll just say this, you know what I'm about ready for? We're going down to the Golden K-Rail, I mean the Corral. I keep going to call it K-Rail. But, you know, go down to the Golden Corral and uh, get there early before all them other old people try to get there since it's 4.30. You know what I mean? Go try to get down there myself, and uh, we'll try to figure out this computer crap some other time. Yep, that'll be perfect. Then you can go straight to your AA meeting, right in the next, right in the next room. Shoot, I, I done, I done quit that. You know I done quit that. I'm just there for the Salisbury State. Improv, man. You gotta, you gotta love Southern people. If you're an international listener, uh, we make fun of the South, but I mean, I'm telling you, unless you live there. There's so many nuances and there's just so many things, but it's a good time. It's for a sure. it's a feeling like it's a as the kids nowadays would say, it's a vibe. It's a vibe, except it's not a. a anyways, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, man, uh, are you ready to go into our final segment, which is our eclair segment? All right, man. So our eclair segment, which is our positive advice. So Chris, I think I went first last week, so go ahead and. Oh yeah. This is a uh, this is more of a leadership positive advice, but always find someone that you can like multiply yourself. Um, so what I mean by that is like in leadership you have things that you're doing, but the way to be effective in leadership and in business is to find someone that you can pass that along to, and you're essentially multiplying yourself. So when you teach that person how to do what you're doing and how to lead and all that stuff you then can give them stuff um, that you've already been doing and it frees you up so that you can pursue opportunities that you want to pursue, whether that's you want to learn more of a different skill or you want to lean into a certain area of your business, whatever that has you. But if you're just only trying to be the only one that is doing the work 
or the leadership and you think that it solely runs on you, your company, your legacy, your leadership, whatever that is, it won't last because it'll die with you. So whenever you multiply yourself and you can pass that on, then that's what makes for a healthy um, legacy. Now, what Chris is trying to lead into is we have a wonderful business opportunity, including credit card readers. Now, Chris and I have recruited five ourselves. We're going to have those five multiply to 25, and those 25 are going to multiply it from there. So if you want to be on the ground level, I'm joking. Um, anyways, no, great, great advice, Chris. Um, my eclair is... Um, Sometimes in life you have to you have to assess where you're at now, and maybe the original plan um, is not where you're at, and maybe that's not the goal anymore. And it's okay. Life changes, and goals change, and goals change very rapidly. Um, you know, it, one one year it could be one thing, one year it could be the next. It could even be down to a few months. Uh, things can change, but just be open to reevaluating. And seeing where you're at because you can always keep elements of what you're doing that is working. And then some of the other stuff that maybe is not working or maybe, you know, it's like I don't want to continue those habits or I don't want to keep going, good or bad. You know, you can always assess, cut out some of those bad things and move forward. And um, or even sometimes they're not even bad things. Maybe it's just not something you want to do anymore. So, Chris... I think that successfully leads us into the next topic of conversation that we're going to have with our OGs. Do you think we should start that? I think we should, man. We should let them know what's up. So, this is a fireside chat with Chris and Micah on the status of Trash Can Nation. No, we're not quitting. <laughs> no, we're not quitting. No, we're very much alive and strong. And anyways, what we're going to do... Um, so, no more website. Normally, at this point in the podcast, we uh, we plug tvtrashcan.com and make it a whole thing. Uh, you know what? Chris and I, we, we talked about it a lot, and um, we're, we're creating some goals on the side, you know, and things like that, and some different things that we want to do, um, not only for the podcast, but for the YouTube channel, for the social media channel. So, there's, there's more to come on that, but uh, for now, we're going to reallocate everything that was on the website to YouTube. Um, so just FYI there, no more, no more website, no more TV trash can. But at the same time, um, it's, I think it's the best move for us. Some of the landscapes have changed, man. I, I feel like being honest. Should we tell them what the original goal was and what's changed? I mean, if you want to, you can, I mean, I, I don't care either way just because I'm like, they probably didn't really know what the original goal was, but it's all good, bro. Like, if you want to tell them, I'm down. Why not? So the original goal and what we talked about with Trash Can TV was we wanted it to be a streaming service, a lot like what's out there now, um, like Freebie, uh, 2B. What's what's some of the other ones, Chris? I'm trying to think. Pluto TV is another one. You know, where we had uh, our deliciously trashy shows like Maury, Jerry Springer, all that stuff, free on tap and um, access plenty and things like that. Um, we found a way to do that through YouTube and things like that and try to get some licensing. But, you know, I think we had the idea as well as everybody else. And so Chris and I were talking about it. And, you know, I don't think that's the direction. We don't think that's the direction we want to go. We want to continue with our content. We love the podcast. And we want to grow and continue that. So I think it's more, um, the moves are more to grow and continue the podcast and what we have and some of the other content we have coming out 
um, and not so much making it a platform or a streaming service in the future. So that was the original goal. That's what's kind of changed. That's why we kind of moved away from the website and things like that. But hey, we're still available on all your favorite socials on YouTube. So yeah, come like, subscribe, follow. We appreciate that. Thanks for taking a little extra time. That way we can tell you our little side note there. We really appreciate you guys. And again, we love all of our fans, all of our listeners, uh, even our haters, because y'all make us stronger. <laughs> like everybody's. That's what I'm saying. A hater can't do nothing but hate. You ain't going to stop this podcast. All right. So, but yeah, man, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, I'm ready to take this door box out of the trash. How about you? Yeah, man. I'm ready for sure. Uh, well, I'm like it.